Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Today is Monday, August 27th, and this is the Red Sox Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. My name is Jared Scallion. I am alongside Jess Thomas. All right, welcome to the show. Red Sox Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network on Twitter at Red Sox CLNS. Facebook, of course, search Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, This is take two. Uh, No one will understand besides me and Jess, but something just happened. So we lost the first 10 minutes of our recording. So we're doing it again. Um, Jess, full show, though. This is, this is weird um, because I think it's it, we talked about it on the show that no longer exists. Um, <laughs> we haven't done a show together since July, and so it's been a while between me getting married and you having a kid and just being really busy. Um, breath of fresh air to have the show back together. Yes, it's nice to be back here. Uh, congratulations on your on your uh, wedding. It was an awesome time, and uh, me and Nick obviously filled in for you last week. But yeah, we haven't done a show together in four shows, so. Uh, here we are, ready to talk some baseball. It's funny because the Sox have been winning the entire month that we haven't been doing shows together. Right. And now we finally do a show here at the end of August, and they lost three in a row in five and seven. Yep. What are you going to do? Yeah, seriously, you can't really complain. <laughs> um, they're still six and a half games up, people. Um, one thing I didn't know, and this is not Red Sox related, I didn't know that Nick did the show from a hotel room last week. Yes, he did. He went to a hotel uh, near your wedding site and uh, did the show in the morning. I drove home at, at uh, 11 o'clock, got home past 1 a.m. and did got up and fed the baby and got up again and did a show. It was wonderful. The things we do for you, Jared. Kudos. I appreciate it because that means I didn't have to do it and I did not want to do it last weekend. I will tell you this, Jess, before we jump on to the Red Sox, um, the day after the wedding probably goes by a lot faster than the day of the wedding. Um, right. we, got, we got up the next morning, had some breakfast, packed everything up, and then all of a sudden it was 8 o'clock and I was going to bed. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, where'd my Sunday go? Like, that is so weird." Um, luckily, and I want to. I want to tell. Li- so. I want to tell the listeners though. They'll appreciate this. Uh, we talked about Red Sox beat at Jared's wedding. We we're in the bathroom, and then Jared had to, had to ask me something about the show. So I just want all the listeners to know that we are still talking Red Sox beat during his wedding and the week of a show he's not doing. Oh, yeah. that's dedication right oh, there. Other also dedication of the Red Sox. We were watching the wedding, the game at our wedding. Yes, Nick had it on at our table. And Jared walked over there, and he looked at it. I, Nick looked at me and went, do you, want, do you want to know the score? And I said, are you watching it? And he like pointed me to the table. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down for a minute, and I watch the Red Sox at my wedding. And it wouldn't have been my wedding if I didn't. So um, <laughs> it only made sense. But that being said, the Red Sox are on a little bit of a skid, Jess. And it's only right that I'm back on the show when they're actually losing. Um, I'm not worried, and I don't know how anybody can be yet. And obviously, it looks worse. Jess, we talked about this before. Um, they lose three. The Yankees win three. I get it. It looks bad. But they're 
they're not playing like in a way where it's like, okay, it can't be fixed. There's a lot of stuff going wrong right now. Just let it go wrong now. Um, you're you're catching a bad team at a really really bad time. They've won what nine of their their, their last nine games, something like that. Eight, eight in a row. Yeah. Eight in a row, and that's the Rays. Like hello, and then they're eight, actually like good now. They're playing baseball <laughs> and they're having success. Um, I will say this: you're not in the Houston Astros shoes. You're they're a game and a half up as I think it stands right now as we record this um, uh-huh. over the Oakland Athletics for the division. Not even the wild card, the division. So. Who thought Go that A's. was coming? Yeah, I'm actually rooting for the A's because screw the <laughs> Astros. Um, right. I'd love to see the Astros in the wild card game. Just make it a little more interesting. Put the Yankees and the Astros in the wild card game. Get one of them out right away. That would be amazing. That would be that the could very could very well happen too. Ideal situation if you're a Red Sox fan. But that being said, I, I Jess, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet because you have a situation where yeah, your stars are a little wobbly. Your offense isn't having success, but you're still six and a half games up. And right now, if you look at it, you have the month left, and almost everything would have to go wrong compared to what the Yankees are doing to even have a chance of losing this division at this point still. Right, because what people don't realize is you see six and a half games, and you're like, well, six and a half games is not that much. But when you realize there's a month left in the season, you know, 30, 30 or so games left, six and a half games, You, what people don't realize about that is, like, you pick up a game only if you lose and they win. So it's like you literally need to lose like most of your games and they need to win most of their games. Because if they win five straight games, well, that's great. They won five straight games. If you win three of those, they're still not picking up very many games on you and then time ticks out, more games go, and then you know, you're know you in like September 20th and you're still like four games back and you have to make up four games in like 10 days and that's really hard to do. So it's a lot more as the season gets closer to the end this whole six and a half is a lot of games even though it doesn't seem like it is so it'd be it'd still be really difficult like it would have to be like a monumental collapse and a great example that i that i that i uh remember from earlier was that the dodgers were 91 and 36 uh, last year and then they were terrible in september they lost 12 games in a row they lost like 17 of 22 and then they still went to the world series and then also the astros last year they were also an incredible record, like just a little bit worse than the Red Sox are now. And then they lost 17 of, of 28 and they went 11 and 17 in September. And then they won the world series. So good teams have bad stretches late in the season. And then they still can do well. And I mean, the Red Sox are 90 and 42 after losing three in a row and five out of seven, they're still six and a half games up. They just got swept for the first time this season in the last week of August. That's insane. So, like everything went wrong, and all these things are still this good. Not even close to time to hit the panic button. You gotta, you gotta lose a lot more than this to hit the panic button. Very yeah. two small example size. Yeah, um, it's looking like it might be six by the time this show comes out. Seeing that the Yankees are winning at the moment, but that being said, it's still six games, people. So you have to look at it as yes, it's concerning. We've seen it happen here in town, Jess, too, which I think is a big reason why people might look at this and go, "Crap, it's happening again." A little deja vu um, because of what happened in 2011, but I don't look at it that way just yet because, one, we've seen this, the success that this team has had, and two, you know you have guys who aren't 100%, which are partially causing this, right? You know you have guys banged up in Chris Sale, and plus you know who trusts the bullpen, but the biggest thing for me right now in the skid is Nathan Valdi, and today, four innings, six runs, five of them earned, uh, eight hits allowed. That's been the story. He's basically most of his August, you know, he hasn't gone out of the fifth inning successfully. So what's he going to be when you thought he was going to come in and surely lock up that three spot 
in the rotation. Now it's like maybe he should go to the bullpen because Drew Pomeranz is terrible. He can't figure it out. Um, you know, it's it's what do you do with these starters who are like wishy washy and consistent? Eventually, you're gonna have to trust these guys to throw it out there. So maybe he figures it out. Um, and we'll get to David Price too because now you really need him to be your number two. And so far, he's looked like that. But the biggest thing for me with Evaldi is, I think he's the one like mark on this losing streak, if you call it that, a three gamer that you're concerned about because he's the one that's been consistent over the bigger stretch here and. I have more concerns over starting pitching than I do about the offense because when the playoff time comes, Jess, we talk about this, you know, the offense is less reliable than pitching. Pitching just somehow becomes magically better, whereas the offense, you know, it's hard to rely on the offense even when you have stars to kind of put you over the top just because of the way they're playing all season. And 2016, that Red Sox team was a great example of it. They were the best offense in baseball, and now all of a sudden they couldn't hit a lick and didn't even win you a game in the playoffs. Right. Offenses can go so quickly. Just, you know, they face a couple of good pitchers and they forget how to hit. You know, pitching obviously wins wins games, and obviously this Red Sox offense is really good, but as we've seen this week, when your star players aren't hitting, you know, Betts has been in a slump, you know, J.D., has a has an 0 for 4 game once you know and all of a sudden you're not hitting as well when your best hitters aren't hitting you're not as good so then you have to rely on your pitching so even when you do even when teams do have like the best offenses it's still dangerous to rely on that just because you can run into that really good pitcher or two yep um one guy that has been good and basically since the all-star break um is david price so you look at what david price has done and you know we've sat here and bashed him on the show i think everyone in town has but the best thing that you can say about David Price right now is he, for the most part, there are some asterisks to the statement, but he's basically shut up and pitched this entire summer. You know, he hasn't been too much of a problem around the clubhouse. Yeah, the Johnny Miller thing was annoying um, and shouldn't have done it, and, and that's, I'm not going to defend that. But for the most part, besides his little ticks here and there, he's shut up. He's pitched well all summer. If, uh, you, yeah, you guys probably have your opinions on him. But he's pitched well, guys, and he's been a big reason why you have this record. Because if you look at what the Red Sox are doing while he starts these games, they basically haven't lost since the All-Star break with David Price on the mound. Yeah, since his July 1st debacle of his five homers against the Yankees, he's been 100% dominant since then. He's 7-0. and His ERA is extremely low, and he's been blowing everybody out of the water with extremely good pitching performances. Pitched well against the Yankees the second time around in August, so... Yeah, he's he's been awesome, and it's funny he does that stupid sarcastic comment that you were just talking about with Johnny Miller, and and uh, I, people seem to be okay to look past it just because he's pitching so well. Obviously, if he went out and had a garbage game after that, then who knows? And he's still putting himself in a bad position because after the last start, he said, "Oh, this is this is the pitcher that you guys thought you were getting." Dumb thing to say because now if he pitches poorly, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you're wrong. You're not the pitcher." With you know, that's just. Better to shut up, and he has for the most part. He still can't help himself sometimes, like we're saying here. But if he pitch well, that's what they care about in Boston. And he has pitched well. He's been the best pitcher, especially with, with Sale on the shelf. I mean, Price has been dominant, and you you need him. I mean, if you can rely on him and have him at two, and then have Porcello, who's pitched well you know, 85% of the time and been really, really dominant against good teams, which obviously you're going to be facing in the playoffs. So if you can have those three guys at tip-top shape, assuming Seattle comes back and is healthy, then that's going to, that's going to be huge. Because like we said, you need pitching, and those are your guys right there. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what he's done, even just like end of July and this month of August, he's gone at least six innings in every start and only given up 
no has given up no more than two runs in the last start in July and all of August. And then look, you go to the Cleveland start um, on the twenty third, eight innings, no dominant. runs, three hits, no walks, um, seven strikeouts, like dominant. And that's against a good team. Like everyone forgets about Cleveland guys. They were are a good team. They've had some struggles. Their pitching hasn't been phenomenal. Pitching's been hurt. Right, Bauer was hurt. So mm-hmm. it's. People for I wouldn't want to play Cleveland. Are you kidding me? They, you had to split with Cleveland. Cleveland's a terrible matchup. And yeah, not ideal. D- David Price went in there and smoked him. So it's not you can't use the Yankees start anymore. That July first start you can't use it because one he's pitched against the against the Yankees since then and was good, um, and then has been dominant against other good teams. He played he pitched eight innings against the Phillies, only allowed one, one run. run. Yeah. And then he had obviously the Indians start and he was good against the Rays, like he was good against the Orioles, who have been playing okay baseball. So um he hasn't been playing against that bad of teams. He's had three starts from July thirtieth to August twenty third, who are playoff teams, and he was dominating all of them. Yeah, he's pitched great and like you said, deep into games. Um couple games with no walks. His strikeout number has been up, especially the last three games. Really high strikeouts. He's really been sharp recently. So, I mean, you beat the teams that people expect you to beat. That's good. Because if you pitch poorly against bad teams, then people are usually all over you. They're a little more, you know, if you pitch bad against a good team, they're like, well, it was a good team. And he's pitched well against bad teams and good teams. So, he's really doing it all for you. And it, it's, yeah, there's nothing to complain about at all besides the stupid comments. So you need him. You really need the guy. I mean, you got him for a reason. You paid, paid him all that money for a reason. And now he, he like he said, he is he is making a payoff currently. No, Still, nobody's going to care unless he does it well in the playoffs, which he's obviously gearing up to, towards, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And be, beating good teams is a good start for that because you're going to be facing good teams. So I'm glad he's getting ready for it and beating these good teams. I hope it continues. And hey, guys, they, they, we, the Red Sox haven't won a game since David Price pitched. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, um, that's so true. <laughs> he he gets to start in against the Miami uh, Marlins this week, um, so the, obviously he'll probably win that game. And then you know, just look at the schedule, guys. You have some good teams, but they're all beatable. You're playing the Marlins and the White Sox this week after your day off. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna win some games. A lot of a lot of winnable games. A lot of yeah. winnable games, and we'll talk about that later. But you have like the Mets still on your schedule. You have the division still. Um, the end of the middle to end of September only is iffy because depending on how you play against the Yankees, because you have Yankees, Cleveland. Orioles, Yankees to end your season. So it's just depending on how Cleveland's playing at the time. Um, but you never, but you still have an easy week this week. And by the time you get to those series, you might actually have already won the division. Who knows the way you've been playing. Um, right. If you go like five and two or six and one, then forget it. <laughs> exactly. But, one more, one more good week out of these next four. Literally will probably end it, yeah. especially if the Yankees lose a game or two. Exactly. If the Yankees lose a couple and you have a good week, like you should, especially this week, if you sh- you should bounce back no problem, then you're looking at a, a situation where you shouldn't have an issue. Um, that's, and that's why I'm not worried yet. Now, if right. If you're up, if you're up like eight or eight and a half games on like September fourth, this team's not losing that. They're way too good to yeah. lose that. I look at it as up until that Houston series, like which is the September seventh, eighth, ninth weekend. Um, if you get to that point, and you're up six. To, to eight games, you're good. Other than that, though, um, if you get lower than that, then maybe you can have a start to have a cause for concern, especially because you got to play three against Houston. But um, that that up until that point, don't get worried. Depending on where they are, but if you get to that point and they're lower than six games, then you can start to panic. That's where I start to panic anyway. Yeah, I'd be more likely to say four, four or less. If it's four or less at that point, then then it's close. 
But that's, I mean, even at that, if you get all the way down to four and you win a couple games and the Yankees lose a couple games, that's right back to six. Yeah. So It just scares me because they have to play them twice. They have two three-game right. sets against them. That's the only thing that's like, man. Well, yeah, the head-to-head's definitely huge in those in those cases. Yeah, Maybe was, another four-game sweep. That'd be beautiful. I was kind of <laughs> hoping they wouldn't have to worry about those series, but now it looks like they're probably going to be coming into, uh, they might be very prevalent when they get there. Yeah. Go six and one this week. You don't have to worry about it. That would be very nice. But, um, <laughs> but overall, before we move on, David Price, though, I think we trust him. Um, I think that at this point, yeah, I do right now. You, you enjoy what he's doing. This is what he does. He's a regular season pitcher. We know that. Um, and you can't really bash the guy for being bad this October until he actually does it. Now, do we give him the benefit of the doubt? No, because he's been garbage in the playoffs. But right now is not the playoffs. And right now we're hoping he, he needs to win these games to keep you in the division lead and off to go to the wild card game and right now he's doing his job so you need you need him to believe that he can beat good teams exactly and that's what's happening right now is he's believing he's like i can beat cleveland i can beat philadelphia i can beat new york that's what he's telling himself now instead of oh, i went out and gave up six runs and three you know none of that that out of your mind david none no. of that yeah none, <laughs> none of that crap don't need that um of course you're listening to red sox beat podcast here on the clns media network uh, it's brought to you by our good friends at Hims, and and just one thing I like about what we do as a network is we find products and and people to talk about outside of the sports, obviously that actually work. So Hims is great, and obviously the problem we're talking about here is hair loss, and we know you know sixty six percent of men lose their hair by the age of thirty five. My dad was not luckily part of that, so I might not be. But uh, the thing is, is though, is that by the time people start to notice it, it's really too soon. That's where for Hims actually comes in. It's a great great situation it's a one-stop shop for hair loss guys skincare sexual wellness for all four men all you have to do guys it, it, it's simple enough as going to forhims.com. Um, what you really want to do is really be able to connect and the biggest thing is you want to find it sooner rather than later hymns connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair it's not snake oil pills or any of that stuff that doesn't work or gas station counter supplements that those guys think that or they try to tell you that work it's not waiting rooms it's not it's super easy all you got to do is go to forhims.com and right now our listeners are getting a little bit of help to check it out so what you want to do if you want to order now my listeners are actually getting a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today right now as supplies last you see website for full details this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor for a pharmacy all you got to do so go to forhims.com slash socks, S-O-X. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash socks. Forhims.com slash socks, guys. It's a phenomenal situation. So definitely, definitely go check it out um, and make sure you're going to keep that hair for a very, very long time. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Chris Sale because actually, let me, before I say anything, Jess, are you concerned about Chris Sale? Let me get just honest to God, like what's going on with Chris Sale? No, I'm not worried because, well, one, he pitched great in the start between the two TL stints. He was dominant, 12 straight outs and five innings. Two, the end of the history. We know that he wears out towards the end of the season. We know that he's been a crappy September and playoff pitcher since he came to Boston, and I guess before, too, even though he never pitched a playoff game before that, but he still wasn't great in September. That's known. So what makes perfect sense, injury or not, I'm not saying they're faking it. I'm sure it's something. I mean, he has 219 strikeouts. The guy throws you know, nine, nine hundred miles per hour. So yeah, maybe he has a little bit of inflammation in his in his arm. Maybe that's true. Either way, you're ninety and forty two, you have a comfortable lead. 
you don't need this guy. As much as I want him to win Cy Young, he may still, if he comes back and pitches a couple more games because his numbers are that good before he went in the DL. But you don't need him right now. You're going to win. You're, you know, 97% you're going to win the division. So rest him. And then he's going to be fresh. He won't have pitched hardly at all for like, you know, somewhere between four and eight weeks, depending on however long he's out. And then you got a fresh Chris Sale, who's already had a 197 ERA at this point in the season with 219 strikeouts. That's going to be the biggest weapon you can have is a fresh Chris Sale. And he's going to be fresh because all these innings that he'd be throwing right now, he's getting all of them off. I think it's huge. Whether it's on purpose or not, I don't know. But it's great timing with your record. And you're going to need him in the playoffs or you're not going to win. And he should be back for the playoffs, and he should be fresh. So to me, it makes perfect sense. I don't see anything to worry about it, unless he like really has some serious like injury where he's gonna, you know, have surgery and miss the rest of the season. Until that happens, I'm not worried at all. I'm a little concerned because again, his his past just freaks me out. Jess, it's the he hasn't been able to have success late into the season. Um, now, am I happy that they're not letting him go out there and pitch? Of course, because. Honestly, and I'll take this opportunity to bash on John Farrell. Farrell might have let him go pitch, right? Like he might he might have just said, "No, he's fine," because most managers will ask the player, and I guarantee you, if you just went and asked John, asked Chris Sale, "Hey, dude, you good to go?" Yeah, of course I am. I'll pitch through it. No worries. Like no player is going to tell him take me out. And Farrell's been known to do that a little bit. So I think last year this happens. Maybe maybe Chris Sale has been dealing with this all the time, and maybe partially is it. The structure of his elbow, the way he throws the ball, maybe this time of year he deals with stuff like this, but he's always pitched through it because the managers he's had has maybe have always asked him to just say, are you good? Of course he's going to say, yeah. We know Chris Sale's a competitor. He cuts up jerseys. Like, he's a (laughs) nut job. He's not going to just pull himself out of a game. So do you think Alex Cora asked him? Yeah. Do you think Cora listened? Probably not. And this is me praising Alex Cora, which I will, because he's done so well this year. Maybe something's different this year with the staff and how core is handling it of, hey, I know you're telling me you're fine, but you're obviously not. So we're going we're gonna to put you on the DL. We're going to figure this out, and I want you to feel great. You can tell me you feel good all you want. Uh, because I think today I read something. It said that he, they're not, he's not coming back until he feels, quote, great. So maybe in the past he's always just felt okay or felt good. And then he comes through right. it and just says, hey, you know what? I'll pitch through it. Well, that usually doesn't help. Because then he sucks come late August, September, and October, and then he pitched like garbage. Maybe this is just the team saying, you know what, you might be okay, but I want you to be great because we need you to be great. When the, the, the weather gets cooler, pumpkin spice comes out and about in New England, and Tom Brady's throwing touchdowns, we need you to be an ace to actually bring this team to another World Series. Yeah, I think you totally nailed it. There's just a difference in managers, the difference in like their philosophy. You know, he probably was yeah, he probably felt okay to go pitch you know the last month of the last couple seasons now core is like oh you have shoulder inflammation all right well we're gonna sit you until that you're good and, you know receiving treatment and physical therapy now he's getting ready to to throw some cash and like he said not gonna come back until he feels great so you know it might be a couple more weeks but core said he's confident sales gonna return to the team and pitch well in september so core seems to be pretty straightforward he pretty much just says what what it is so if he's confident he's gonna come back Sales taking this time off. He's pitched once in the last month. So let him do what he needs to do and come back fresh. That's that's going to be the difference. So I think they're doing the right thing. He seems to be okay with it. So we'll roll with it. Yeah, I'm a, I'd be a little concerned if this gets to like mid-September, Jess, and maybe he's still not throwing. I mean, but it sounds like he's throwing. He's getting stronger. Yeah, he's, getting he's, gonna, he's getting ready to throw, which in all cases just means 
Yeah, we just wanted to hold them out a little bit. And with yeah. the start, like we're in, said, we're nineteen forty two. We're okay. We're good. And <laughs> the start, just like you said, you mentioned it, right? The start he made in between these DL stints was fire, nasty. Like he was throwing hard. He looked healthy, and we're like, right, yeah, they just put him on the ten DL for the fun of it. Like that's what we all thought. And then he went back on. And I'm like, are we serious what? now? Or are you doing it? Are you doing it again? Um, because I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. And you know, I'm not. I don't obviously know this. I'm just speculating. Part of me wants to think that you know they saw how hard he threw the ball in that start and how good he looked. Let's mid September we can bring him back, get him ramped up, and then get him throwing hard. And oh look, it's October. He's he's fresh. He's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I think with most guys, you want him to stay fresh and keep playing consistently through the season. I think that's generally what you know what teams do because they don't want their guys to get too much rest because they want them to be fresh. But with this guy, just knowing what his history is and knowing how important he is to this team and how crappy he's been in the playoffs and how what's happened the last two years in the playoffs, I think they're really like meticulously like placing the time out so that he has like you know three or four starts before the season ends and they go right into the playoffs maybe even two or three i don't know just a couple starts get him fresh get him feeling good again get him throwing against major league teams and then hit the playoffs that's i I feel like they're just like manipulating this to a t because they know how important he is what starter wouldn't want some time off like this time right? of year, you pitch so many innings. You never talk. You, I've never heard a starter this time of year and say, "No, it's not grueling." Like this isn't a long season. Like because this time of year is when you start to hear the media and those beat reporters ask those stupidly layup easy questions. You know, the are you tired? How are you feeling? Like it's been a long season. Are you doing okay? Well, it's grueling. You know, we're all tired, but you know, we're fighting through it. Everyone's got something to deal with, right? What right. May, what starter in their right mind would say no to rest when they know they're fine? And then they can come back and we're a game that for a team that doesn't need them. And say if the Red Sox start to stumble, guess who they can pull off the DL? It's Chris Sale. Right. Imagine, hey, Chris, we we need to win the division. He's better. He's better. <laughs> he can come back and pitch now. Right. It, it it really does make sense. Now, again, Jess and I don't not don't know that for a fact, but it makes too much sense to not think. Yeah, there's probably something going on because of his history. There's got to be something bothering him in the elbow. But why not give him the time off? Make sure he feels quote unquote great before he comes back to take the mound. I don't blame him. Right. Yeah, I don't think that they're, like, lying about things and, like, hiding a non-injury and stuff like that. I think that there probably is something. They're just, like he said, going to make extra, extra care, extra cautious, make sure that he's ready to come back and not, you know, have soreness again after he throws a start like happened last time. Yeah. They're, they're going to make sure that he's good. Not everyone can be Rick Porcello. This guy has been, like, the most consistent pitcher. I'm looking at the innings right now, and he leads the team with 163 and two-thirds innings, which is 14 more than Price and, and uh, 17 more than Sale. So, I mean, Porcello is, like, a, a beast, and he never gets hurt. So he's important, too. I mean, all he's got, I mean, I wouldn't even mind if he skipped a start, but he doesn't seem to like to do that. He's kind of a beast. So those three guys, man, they are, they are huge. And Erod coming back, I mean, I think they would, especially after these like you were talking about earlier, the way he's pitched recently, I think Erod's still going to be uh, the guy over over him at this point. So you got you got four really good pitchers there, and uh, Erod's gotten the rest. Sale's gotten the rest. Maybe you can get Porcello and Price some rest here or there. But you got to feel good about. I, I feel good about the starting rotation. Maybe other people don't, but I sure do. I think I do to a certain degree. I'm not going to say I'm worried yet, especially if these guys start to like signs of them coming back and being fine. If Erod comes back and pitches well, he's been super rested. So, um, it, and he had a great season before he went in the deal. Yeah, so I think they have the pieces. Everyone's kind of banged up. All I know is I think this Chris Dell situation is good for the team to a certain degree. Just keep an eye on it. If he's the, lo- the longer this lingers, the more I'm concerned. But right now, don't worry about it. He's sipping his pina coladas. 
not working, getting paid for it, and rehabbing that quote-unquote non-healthy elbow, which I'm sure it's fine. Um, okay, one thing that is good for the Red Sox before we get to our breakdown of the week up to coming and then get out of here is J.D. Martinez. Dude is literally a homer away from the Triple Crown. Um, Jess, I think he gets it, to be 100% honest. I really do because this guy has not stopped hitting all year. And if he keeps up the way he's hitting, he's bound to eventually take over that home run lead and, and just because he's been going back and forth it all year with certain people. Jess, I think he get, I think he might be actually get the triple crown. I give him a pretty darn good chance. I mean, the only guy who was in his way for average the whole season was Betts, and obviously, as we said earlier, Betts has been slumbering for the last couple of weeks, and JD's now one point ahead of him. JD's at three thirty seven, Betts at three thirty six. That's the thing with JD is even if even if he's like quote-unquote off for a couple games he still gets a hit or two even if he's not hit a home run every game or driving in eight runs you know he's still getting hits and he's kept that his average has been keep going up like 337 is i think probably the highest it's been this year and 38 homers 110 rbi those are the ones that he was leading in and all of a sudden chris davis comes out of nowhere for the a's and has 39 homers now stupid a's yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to ruin everybody's fun. And J.D.'s seven RBI ahead of Chris Davis. So Davis seems to be his biggest uh, competitor with the home runs and the RBI. But J.D.'s got a pretty good edge in RBI. And Davis' average blows. His average is 255. So Betts is the one to worry about in the average department. But hopefully J.D. can get up, hit a couple more home runs. I mean, he's in, he's in pretty darn good position. And for what you signed him for and so many people didn't like the signing, if this guy wins a triple crown... A lot of people going to, I mean, people are already eating their words, but they really be eating their words if he wins the Triple Crown. I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. Pay him more money if he wins the Triple Crown. Just give him more money. Right? Like, just throw it at him. <laughs> no, no, I know they reworked the deal. They were talking about reworking his deal, so, like, the opt-out clauses came out of it. Because um, it, Honestly, I think it sounds like he wants to be here long-term, and I think he really has like, fallen in love with the city. And Why wouldn't he want to be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a guy who plays this well, I can't imagine why you wouldn't, because this town has embraced him. Um so I look at this and go, this season has helped him stay here long-term for the, for the actual long-term, not like two years opt-out. <laughs> um, I, I think you're going to have this guy for a while, and he's progressively going to ease his way into a full-time DH role with this team because he's going to slowly stop wanting to play the outfield. And that's fine because long-term, that's what you really need. You can find the outfielders uh, because he's not, he's not a great outfielder anyway. So right. He's becoming what your hope was to replace David Ortiz. Now, whatever he finishes with this year, triple count or not, I want to see him do it again next year, and then I'm bought in. I mean, I'm bought in. Don't get me wrong. I know this guy can hit the crap out of the ball, but let's do you want to see consistency. Give right. me a full season of Red Sox uniform, almost winning a triple crown or winning a triple crown, don't care. Come back next summer and do it again, or at least somewhat of what you're doing right now to show me. Because you, do you don't want him to rest on it and be like, well, I had one good season, so I'm good. Exactly. Right. You want exactly. to make sure that he's like – all, all in this, which now, I think he is. Now, but. do I think he can do it? Yeah, of course. I don't. Th- I'm not worried about him coming back next summer and hitting the crap out of the ball because this guy is clearly cares about his hitting. He's been perfecting his craft since the Detroit days. Like he literally has a notebook with every right. at bat he's taken since Detroit. Like he's he, looking at the iPad before every freaking at bat he has. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm not thinking this guy's going to fall off and become the anti, the non-steroid Chris Davis of Baltimore. Like no, God no, <laughs> because that was awful. That was that was a steep cliff, but. I, I do want to just see it before I'm like, no worries. I, no matter what he does, he can do no wrong. I'm there this year, but until I, for his contract length, I'll buy in for full. Like I'll, This guy will become like the celeb status of, I would say David Ortiz, but like Manny, right? Can't do no wrong no matter what you do. I know you can hit the crap out of the ball. 
even if you have like two good months to start April and May next year, you're good. I'm good. That's it. I just want to see you do it again. But what a way to well, start your Red Sox career. You know how tough a place it is to play here. You know how many guys come here and just totally fail. And for him to just come in with so many people questioning the move and everything, being 30 years old, and to come in here and do what he's done. I mean, what better way to have absolutely everybody love you and just like forever be like the greatest just because your first season was that good. I mean, this guy couldn't have done it better if he tried. No, he really couldn't have. And so that's why. <laughs> for a place like this. Yeah, this, this is like the one place that happen. you wouldn't have, He played in what, Detroit, the bad team, Arizona, that no one cares about. Yeah. Like Marcus that no one cares about. I mean, he was in Houston, but like. He got. He had never had a chance in Houston. They, they give, dropped they, him. Yeah, they give him a chance. <laughs> so like, this was the first real test he's had in a major market on a good team, and he's passed it with flying colors. Um, yeah. So he's helped this team become the first ninety-win team in baseball. Can't complain. All right. He's gonna lead them to their <laughs> best team in franchise history. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The team. I, what it still blows my mind is Red Sox. The organization has never won a hundred games. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I thought they haven't. I could have sworn that was a thing. No, they have 300 win seasons, 105, 104, 102. When was the last one? 1946. Okay, that's, that's what it was. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I don't count those years. For a long I don't time. count those years. Well, yeah, their their best season in history was in the, their first season in 1912. That was 105 wins. Then they did it in 19, I think, 15 in the 1946. So they're all really long time ago. It's like the 60s Celtics. Like, stop comparing them to Michael Jordan. It's not right. the same thing. Um, so yeah, in those my teams eyes, didn't even play the full schedule. They didn't even play the 162 game schedule either. So exactly. you can't even compare the amount of games they played. So, so in my mind, I don't count those teams. So in my eyes. It's the first Red Sox 100-win season. Uh, but anyway, right. they're 10 wins away from 100 wins, and it's August 27th as the show is released. So right. kind of crazy. Have, before this last sweep for the Rays, they only had to go 16-17 and 17 the rest of the season to get the most wins in franchise history. Of course, they lost three in a row. So what, they have to go 16-14. and 14. Whew, yeah, That's tough. A couple games over 500 for the best team in baseball. That, that, that's got to be hard. Um, yeah. All right. So they're going to do it. Looking at records. Schedule this week. You got... Tuesday, Wednesday against the Marlins, Monday's off, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the old White Sox to turn the page into the month of September, last month of the season, which is insane that it's already here. Uh, mm-hmm. Monday off, they, they have a lot of off days. This is great. It's kind of nice. It's good. Uh, yeah. they, they could use them. So uh, Monday, no game. Tuesday, Johnson and Urena. Wednesday, oh, I'm excited. I just realized I'm going to the game Wednesday. I get to watch David Price dominate oh you're you're going to the game nice. i am so that's exciting uh, jealous so let's start with the series against the marlins just is there any chance in hell that the marlins win a game no this is a good really good time for a bounce back after losing three in a row you get get the marlins four and 12 pitcher a three seven pitcher the offense is going to wake up Betts is going to break out of his slump it's going to be great Price pitching. Brian Johnson's been pretty solid for the most part, and I think he'll be fine against a bad team. So, yeah, I I'm definitely going two wins here. This is this is a perfect two game series yeah. after a, after a tough week. Brian Johnson on Tuesday hopefully gets a swagger back. Price on Wednesday shuts the door. Thursday you start a four game series with the White Sox, and if you didn't take my dismissal of the series already moving to the White Sox as me thinking they're going to sweep them, then you do that because the Marlins are going to come in here and get there pants dropped in front of everybody in Boston. Um, White Sox, four games. Just on the road. On the road. You're in Chicago, which means you're playing in front of, what, like two people? Um, <laughs> how, like, yeah. like, I laugh at this stuff because it's true. Like, I don't even know if I'm concerned. I, I think you win. They're so, they're so bad. I hate to say sweep because, like, you, we always talk about it. It's a four-game set, and you never know. Plus, the Red Sox are not playing well. I'm going to yeah. say three out of four just because of that. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if they just torch both these teams and go through it. Yeah, I'm going to say three out of four as well. Just, you know, we don't need to be greedy here, even though this team just takes everyone to the cleaners except for this past week. So, yeah, I think three out of four is fair, and that would give us a nice, uh, you know, nice five in one week, just like we were talking about earlier in the show. So get right back on the... Uh, you know, on the winning track. People are starting to freak out, of course, because that's just what people do if you lose ever. So people are freaking out, and they're going to realize that. They're going to get it straightened out. They're going to win the games they're supposed to win, and, you know, by the end of the week, they'll probably be, like, seven or eight games up again. And I will say, if you can even get a, if you get a game, if you eight get, games if you, up. you're seven games up if you just gain one game. Right. So, and if you go five and one, you're probably going to gain more than one I'd game. I'd say you'd gain two. Most likely. Based off. At least, yeah. yeah. So, the one so probably start- eight, eight and a half games, and then... You know, you're back in good shape. The one game that intrigues me with this is the Friday, August 31st. As of right now, it's Porcello. Why? Because of Michael Kopech? But Michael Kopech is starting. And for those of you who don't remember Michael Kopech, because who would? Not a lot of people would. This is the guy that was in part of the um, part of the Chris Sale deal. It was him and um, Makata. And Makata. So, Makata, this, who leads the major leagues in strikeouts, by the yeah, way. Yeah, good for him. Um, <laughs> Michael Kopech is a big dude. Um, made his major league debut, pitched pretty well. Um, people are now freaking out, obviously, but I'm intrigued to see how he does against the, the club that just dealt him. I don't think he has any hard feelings. I mean, he got dealt for Chris Sale, but yeah. this is an intriguing storyline because this is a guy that was a t- top pitching prospect with this farm system that now that really doesn't have any top pitching prospects. So I make that deal ten times out of ten, Jess. I'm not going that route at all because again, you got Chris freaking Sale. But I'm still intrigued by it. Yeah, it'll be fun to see him pitch against the Sox and see what he's see what we're missing. I mean, who knows how he'll do in his career? But I know Pedro tweeted that he's going to be a good pitcher. So if Pedro says it, I must be right. So I'm interested to see how he pitches because you know you always want to see how the guys that you trade do, like Moncada, who leads the league in strikeouts. Not crying too much over that. I think they picked the right one with Ben and Dendy. So yep. it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Yeah, so that one is intriguing. Um, like I said, he pitched well the other day, so I was kind of intrigued by that storyline. But we'll leave it there. First full week back for me and Jess. It was a rough week for the team. Still, shit, I'm going to assume six games up as I say this to close the show because the Yankees will probably win that game. But either way, don't panic, guys. It's okay. You'll be okay. If, if you need Jess, just tweet at him. Tweet at me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll, I'll we'll, keep you positive. We'll keep you positive. It's fine. Jess might the do sun better, will come out. Jess might do a better job at the positive thing than me. Or you can tweet <laughs> old friend of the show, Lauren Campbell, at la 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 Lauren. Whatever it is. Um, and she'll be. She'll, if Jess isn't positive enough for you, go to Lauren, and we all know she's even more positive. So we can tag. We can tag team. Tag team, Mister Mister and Mrs. Positivity over there. So it's gonna be okay. Take your deep breathing. We'll call Doctor Phil if we need to. We'll go. We'll talk through it, and we'll be okay. Don't forget to follow the the network coverage at Red Sox CLNS. Show us Facebook Red Sox Beat Podcast. On iTunes, search Red, search Red Sox Beat Podcast, rate, review, subscribe. It's be close to playoff season. I can almost taste it because the weather's getting a little cooler. Yeah, fantasy football's coming back, which I love, but which means playoff baseball, which is the best time of the year in my eyes. So we'll leave it yes. there. Jess Thomas over there. Jared Scally over here. This has been Red Sox Beat here on the CLNS Media Network. We'll be back next week. Talk then.